1: it's it's a Hello
0: and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 97, the review segment for Wednesday, November 25th, 2015. That's the year of our time, Lord Doctor Emmett Brown. It's the week of Thanksgiving here in the United States, so we're re- releasing a little early, and uh, we're going to talk about Creed, which is the uh, Thanksgiving movie that you can actually take your weird uncle to. I'd say if uh, if you've all if you've all already seen Spectre. Which is usually my Thanksgiving go-to. Uh, there's a Rocky movie out this year, guys.
1: Bum, Who bum, ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum.
0: Bum, bum, ba-da-dum. Yeah. So Creed. It might not look like a Rocky spin-off on the surface because it stars Michael B. Jordan. Racist. Uh, but, well, he's not Rocky, so <laughs> I don't know. There's never been a Rocky movie that didn't star Rocky.
1: No, not uh, even Milo Ventimiglia. What? in uh, in Rocky Balboa or I, I guess God. yeah what was that movie Just-
0: that was yeah no Rocky Balboa that was a very crucial Milo Ventimiglia period mm-hmm. you really carbon date things with <laughs> that um, th- I think we said we would say straight out that uh, we are both casual Rocky fans at best I'm a uh, I'm not sure I've ever seen a Rocky all the way through. Yeah,
1: we should apologize to our listeners for uh, not having Matt or Dave here. Uh, they neither of them have seen Creed yet, but I think that they are probably a lot better equipped to talk about its place in the Rocky verse than well, but Katie or myself. I think
0: what is interesting about this movie is that it really it lets itself stand apart. It is uh, kind of steeped in Rocky mythology. So you've got. Uh, Michael B. Jordan playing uh, Adonis Creed, who is the son of Apollo Creed, who was kind of Rocky's first big foe and eventually became his friend. Uh, He has died kind of as the movie begins. And Adonis is his illegitimate son from a relationship that we don't really know much about. And he's kind of a product of uh, foster care or kind of uh, some kind of juvie system. And he winds up going to live with uh, Felicia Rashad, who is Apollo Creed's wife. Um, So he kind of has this good upbringing against all odds. And then we meet him as a young man, and he wants to be a boxer. Surprise, surprise. He's, uh, you know, watched his dad's old film. He's been training at a gym. He's, like, going and fighting in, you know, random fights in Mexico, even though he's got some kind of cushy office job that he leaves behind. It's kind of an interesting, like, class thing in that that he's, like, not a kid from the streets, but he wants to be a boxer anyway. Yes. Like original Rocky. Um, So he goes to Philadelphia because he wants to train with Rocky, who uh, owns a restaurant called Adrian's. Uh, Adrian has since passed on, which I believe was in Rocky Balboa.
1: Yeah. She died after Rocky five. This is all I know about Rocky. I'm exhausting all of my knowledge right here. (laughs) She died after Rocky five, but before Rocky Balboa.
0: Okay. So, uh, so Rocky is kind of an older man. He's a, really left the whole thing behind. He has to be persuaded to uh, take an interest in this kid. But then, of course, he does. And they wind up training together. Meanwhile, uh, there's this British champ who needs to fight somebody. And uh, when the world starts finding out that Adonis Creed is the son of Apollo Creed, they take interest in him, so he has the chance to have this big kind of marquee fight. There's a love interest played by Tessa Thompson, who is a not a DJ. She's, like, she's, she's a musician. Yeah, she's a musician. Yeah. She makes her own music. Uh, she plays it really loud in the apartment below. And then uh, this kind of sports movie emerges. There's training montages. There's a bunch of scenes in the ring. There's a pretty remarkable single-take fight scene that we can talk about there that that I think is pretty effective. It's directed by Ryan Coogler, who directed Michael B. Jordan in Fruitvale Station. A movie that I think was kind of intimate and thoughtful, but I didn't think of as especially stylish in its own way. Um, But I think he really steps up in this impressive way here. He's not just making a really good sports movie, but he's making one that kind of has thought to it and you not it's not just like about an impressive single take but a lot of the sequences a lot of the training montages kind of elements that feel like stations of the cross of a sports movie feel really fresh in his hands and that's kind of how i felt about creed as a whole like again not knowing a ton about rocky not being that exhausted with the mythology i was really moved by a lot of where it went with this and surprised by it um and i feel like i wasn't the target audience to be interested in this movie at all well david what about you
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I think this movie is, is effective. It, you know, My hat's off to Ryan Coogler for, for a lot of reasons, but I, I don't think this is a very good movie. I, I, like, I, I, I forgot about this movie the moment it ended, but I do think that it hits all the right notes. It hits them well enough and in interesting ways. And I think that it takes the series in a new direction. I mean, you want to call it a reboot, but I think it's probably um, – It would be just as accurate, maybe not more accurate, but just as accurate to think of it as the seventh installment in an ongoing series, uh, particularly with Sylvester Stallone's heavy presence in the movie. Um, It's not like the new karate, although fucking Pat Morita was in the, the next Karate Kid. So uh, anyway, the uh, um, I, I, Ryan Coogler, I, I loathed Fruitvale Station. I mean, I, really, I was uh, I th- almost offended by it. I mean, I, I think that the uh, story that it tells is obviously a tragic and important one and it's only become more so uh, in the ensuing years as we've really seen the racial divide in this country, um, the rift sort of grow. The story
0: of Oscar Grant.
1: Yes. It uh, grew more infected, but... Uh, I thought that it was gratuitous, and and that's just for starters. And a lot of really bizarre, uh, small, poor choices, like casting Chad Michael Murray as the cop who comes in at the end there. <laughs> that's the first appearance, and it's completely distracting. Uh, anyway. Uh, you're a diehard one is Of course. That's how, the lens through which I view any movie. Uh, but I think that this is a tremendous rebound for him. I think that he, there's a muscularity to his filmmaking and the cinematography, uh, which was shot by Mary, I'm not sure quite how to pronounce her name, uh, Maurice Alberti. She's a
0: female cinematographer?
1: Yes. Uh, And uh, her camera work is wonderful. I mean, you can tell from uh, the opening sequences of the movie, this, this sh- very strong beginning where you see young Adonis. And by the way, it takes guts to name your kid Adonis. Adonis. Uh, like, if my parents had named me Adonis, they would be so disappointed right now, I as mean, if they're but not already. This
0: is someone who was named Apollo, you know? It's a- yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I guess they knew that he was uh, in the blood was going to Although be muscular. Although he does go by
0: Donnie Johnson for a lot of the movies. Yeah. So he kind of found a way around it. But
1: that, oh, those opening sequences of him and Juvie and then him fighting in Tijuana have a real strong command to how they're directed. Um,
0: yeah. there's uh, Real quick, there's, there's a scene where Felice Rashad kind of arrives to Juvie to pick him up. And you see, you've see you seen him fighting and you kind of get this sense of lockup and the usual movie sense. And then it kind of lingers on the faces of these kids behind the bars in Juvie. And it gives it this emotional resonance that so few other movies would buy with that I was uh, It's a really small
1: thing that really- yeah and Michael B Jordan's performance is rock solid and I think oh, that he okay. yeah. he uh, really I mean you're talking in that scene it's played by a younger actor uh, you know the role is played by a younger actor but um, Michael B Jordan is rock solid as Creed he really takes every available opportunity to to add that sense of history and weight. Like, you really understand what he's fighting for, um, which mm-hmm. is crucial to a movie like this. You understand that he's trying to make his own name. Um, it is not, refreshingly, for a story with a uh, black lead about, you know, class A, they, they comment on the fact that he's not, like, a, he's not streets, he's not, you know, he's coming from a um, an affluent, well-educated background. Um, he is trying to connect with his father, who... A different experience, but is also uh, uh, not a living legend. <laughs> a celebrity yeah. uh, in these local parts. The, the how famous these boxers are is always sort of mystified me in the Rocky movies. Like well, Rocky, like, he owns a restaurant, but everyone's like, "Holy shit, it's Rocky!"
0: Well, what I like about uh, so they use the real Rocky statue that's in Philadelphia and like you know show tourists taking pictures in front of it. Like basically, it kind of pretends that Sylvester Stallone is like basically. I think Rocky is as famous as Sylvester Stallone is famous now. I don't know. Like but there's a way it, that it bleeds with reality. If
1: Sylvester, reality. I agree with you. I think what you're saying is spot on. However, if Sylvester Stallone ran a small restaurant <laughs> in New York or something like, I don't know. I like, don't think that he would did be did functional it long enough.
0: We'd all be like, oh yeah. When okay. Sylvester
1: Stallone made a restaurant, it was called Planet Hollywood, <laughs> so it um, could be. A little... Adrian's is
0: modeled after Planet. Hollywood.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, but uh, I, I think there's just like it's so perfunctory, so much of this stuff, which is really at odds with how the, the life force that Michael B. Jordan adds to it. And and Ryan Coogler, you know, this being the first Creed movie, to the best of my knowledge, which is not all that good on this <laughs> subject, uh, that... The first movie
0: about Adonis Creed.
1: That it was the first that... I think it's the first that Stallone hasn't written, that he's sort of passing this character off. I doubt that Coogler really gave him notes about his performance, but uh, um, I think that it's clearly... The voice of a young black filmmaker. There's an authenticity to the characters and the world that he creates for them. It doesn't, they use contemporary vernacular. Like, it doesn't feel like studio dictated crap. It feels, it doesn't feel like it came out of a boardroom. Um, it feels like Ryan Coogler, the guy who wrote Fruitville Station, uh, which you know, it was his voice. Regardless of my criticisms of the film, uh, is the same guy who wrote this big studio movie. Which, by the way, it was allegedly budgeted at thirty-five million dollars, which yeah. is uh, points to WB because again, and I've said it before, this is the future of sustainable filmmaking. This is yeah. like if you're going to make franchise movies, cost thirty-five million, it's going to make several times that. Yeah. Um, and you know, good luck, good, good for everybody. You know, uh, but everything in this movie was just sort of – I don't know. Like the relationship with him and the Rocky could have been a lot more moving than it was.
0: Um, Man, I thought it was so moving. I don't know.
1: I just like –
0: I think there's – I think we're maybe hitting on like a fundamental difference between you and me that like when I see a movie that hits its beats in this way that's like a studio movie that's like hitting its marks at every turn and like really getting exactly right. I love that. Like I feel so good when I'm in the hands of something that's moving like clockwork. And not to say that you don't like big studio movies but – I think this movie has a voice like you were talking about, but it just knows exactly what the audience wants. It kind of does this game of like holding back and revealing and kind of gets you to the point where you want, you know what they're going to say and you are waiting for it. And, or even with the score where like it kind of hints at the Rocky score and it brings trumpets in. And then it, when it finally brings it in, it just feels so good yeah, this, to have exactly what you were waiting for. The score's you, pretty good. kind of being played like an orchestra. Yeah. I'm really impressed by it. I mean, I,
1: there's, it's hard to single out elements in the movie that are, that stick out. Um, and, In a bad way, I mean, like, I know it's sort of, I want more to the, he's not a villain character, the the boxer that Rocky, that Creed fights, yeah, but I know that's sort of, like, not really in the Rocky tradition, and, like, the Ivan Drago tradition, you know, it's like, whatever, he's this guy, he's going to prison, he's tough, uh, I, Tessa Thompson's kind of the weak link, not as an actress, but her character, yeah, she, like the whole – she has a disability herself in that she – I mean, Rocky Creed doesn't have a disability, but like he's fighting for something and, and she is a musician who is deaf or going deaf, going deaf and that's like her thing and it's totally unnecessary And the movie really stumbles, I think, with her character a few times. uh, Fight that Cree gets into, yada yada yada. Mm. Um, She's very likable as an actress. I mean, like, and
0: I feel like the scene, the like, the really close intimate scenes between the two of them work really well. Like, I like the way that it anchors his character, and I like the way that so you've got him kind of, you've got this anger and this kind of desire to prove himself that's going through uh, Adonis the whole time, but he's got. He's not just kind of being like that, but like, oh, but he's really sweet. He's combining it all the time. Like, the same thing drives him on both sides. Like, he's devoted to his mom and he really wants to go fight in Mexico. And the way that those relationship scenes bring that out in him and then his deepening relationship with Rocky. Like, I I just love the way that develops the
1: character. I I liked his anger a lot and particularly because it doesn't – I don't know. I just feel like this movie. I don't want to overstate this point, especially after our Jessica Jones talk in this week's main episode, which you know a lot of uh, a lot of the segments on our show come from a place of like liberal, uh, progressive politics, and like a lot of guilt, but also saying like I watch this movie. I see the relationship between Rocky and Creed, a black man and a white man who never comment on their race and whose backgrounds are not what stereotypes would be. um, Who Mm -hmm. work together? Who build? Uh, collaborative, helpful relationship and are all the better for it. And you can look what's happening in this country. And it's it's really hard not to just appreciate that at face value and the command with which uh Kugler tells the story. I, I think this is just one of those things where it's like everything in the movie does what it's supposed to do and I just don't really care. Like I like I wasn't really I, I like so many of the choices they made. Um but people are like, Oh my god, like I was standing and cheering and people around me in a press screening were cheering. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, Nah, like he went in the fight. Fight I mean, happened.
0: I think- I think that I do like there are definitely parts of the movie where I I think I realized like the movie was still going on. And I was like, oh, man, we have like an hour left to go. And I got a little impatient with it. Like, yeah. I think I think you had said, like, it's maybe half an hour too long. And I can't totally disagree with that. It's like,
1: Get to the fight. We know you're getting well, to, the the it, fight. Get it, to the
0: fight. It, I just thought the ending was so incredibly strong. It made me feel like, you know, like we grew up with Rocky to a degree that like. You don't know, you can't experience Rocky as a movie because it's just this giant cultural thing, but it made me feel like I get why people love Rocky so much because the cathartic feeling of that fight at the end was so well handled. It felt amazing. And when you walk out of a movie feeling that good, it helps you kind of forgive and, you know, slower stuff that might have come before.
1: Yeah, I mean, and what's a Rocky movie if not – if it can't rely on its ending? I mean, like, yeah. that's what these movies are. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to see the 30 minutes before that ever again. But I also <laughs> – I think that um, – oh, shit, what was I going to say? I don't know. My train of thought is completely derailed. Oh, the yeah, the nostalgia thing. Like, I – as longtime listeners of this show will know, I have very little nostalgia for movies that were um, – for, for reboots that play on movies of the 70s and 80s, sequels, whatever you want to call this, remakes. Um, I just don't really give a shit about Rocky's history. It doesn't, It's not in my DNA. It's not yeah. something that, like, I hear that music and I'm like, ah! Like, you know, uh, I didn't need this Rocky movie to be good. I didn't need it in my bones. Yeah. I just needed to see it on Wednesday night. Uh, because or whatever night that a Tuesday night, because that was on my schedule. Um,
0: but I didn't think that I needed to hear the Rocky music until I kind of got, I think it was like one of his later training montages where he's kind of like running through the streets and surrounded by these uh, guys on these tiny motorcycles. There's, there's a word for those that sounds less lame, but anyway, you'll see what I mean. Uh, and I was like being like, Oh yeah, I hope he goes up the steps. I hope I hear the song. And like, who knew that I gave a shit about Rocky at all. I think the, I mean, this movie kind of held me in its sway to the point that it kind of convinced me that I cared. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Sylvester Stallone is really good in it. Do you agree?
1: I, I think he's fine in it. I, I want to smack the people who – I mean this is a, the, just an Oscar thing. Like the people who are like, Sylvester Stallone for Best Supporting Actor. I mean – And I'm like, Stop. Walk away from the computer.
0: That's an easy way to ruin movies for yourself this time of year, though. If you start getting too, like, concerned about what people are saying, like, Oscar-wise. Like, I mean, it's not just you. Like, it's an easy thing to do. But, yeah, it it helps to just be able to be like, all right, here's someone who uh, I last saw in Expendables 3.
1: What's he got? Yeah, that's really frustrating. I think he's fine here. I mean, he brings a certain amount of soul to it. He's playing a role that literally nobody else could play. Yeah. Um
0: and when you can tell it still means a lot to him like he really brings a lot to being Rocky
1: yeah uh, you know I, I think that he's fine I, I think that these old there's a lot more going on here for him than there was in Rocky Balboa I'll give it that um,
0: which he did he direct that too I think he did. So,
1: I mean, there are people listening to our show right now being like, wow <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> there are people listening to us being yes, like, he directed,
0: well, I don't you know anything he about it. He directed I'm a drug.
1: Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and he wrote it as well. He's the sole credited writer on it. And Rocky Balboa cost $24 million and grossed $156 million. So, oh, really? 156 yeah. million
0: worldwide? No. Uh,
1: well, I don't know. It's the Wikipedia, it's the number they cite. Um, and now I'm
0: going to look this
1: up. Anyway. It's a fine movie, you know. It's, go to see it on Thanksgiving. You could do so, 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 so much worse.
0: Oh yeah, it's I yeah I just in terms of like satisfying. Like here is what a Hollywood movie can do with a fucking training montage. Like I just can't think of anything better. And also like. Not to get identity politics about this again, but after that uh, Women in Hollywood article that came out talking about the Colin Trevorrow story about people who break out of Sundance and make a studio movie. <laughs> like it's, it's a prison. The well, they break you know, out. sorry. <laughs> so the, guys, the guys who are the white guys in baseball hats remind other white guys in baseball hats of themselves, and that's why, they, that's why they get out. Ryan Coogler had this huge Sundance hit, and then he took a long time to make his follow-up movie, and it is a studio movie, and it's really good. And he... You know, is maybe, you know, he's one person, but I think it is an encouraging version of the story that isn't a white guy in a baseball hat.
1: Yeah, that quote, I mean, we don't need to get into this, but that Brad Bird quote about, like, telling whomever about Colin Trevorrow because he reminded him of, it was, like, gross. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, someone at Warner Brothers, or, I mean, right, this was apparently his, like, passion project. Like, he wanted to make an Adonis Creed movie. And so that's, uh, he brought it to them, basically. Yeah, but It and- winds up being a... You go to the studio yeah
1: and I think that passion is palpable in the movie and you know I, I don't have any ill will towards this movie I think uh, as I said you, you go to see it on Thanksgiving with your family you'll have a great time it's just not something that is a part of me
0: you'll um, be the guy with uh, in Sylvester Stallone's Oscar speech booing in the background exactly up i don't have anyone to ask about this week's lightning round question so i guess i have to do it myself this is weird um well in honor of creed which we just discussed what sylvester stallone movie should be rebooted next hmm. david what's your favorite answer
1: well uh we also i think we forgot to say and why which was meant <laughs> to uh make these answers more interesting but
0: well it's 140 characters <laughs> you know.
1: and, and, and am i allowed to go with richard lawson your co-worker yeah okay Um, Well, in that case, I will go with somebody completely different anyway. Uh, No, I'll go with Richard. He said, stop or my mom will shoot with Channing Tatum and Jessica Lange. Which echoes your choice of stop or your mom will shoot with Jessica
0: Lange. I'm pretty in in favor of. Uh, I'm going with Matt Singer who answered in all caps, Rhinestone, which is the Sylvester Stallone Dolly Parton vehicle that I have somehow never seen, but I really need to. I don't know who I would remake it with because those two are kind of the ideal casting, but uh, I would love to hear some suggestions of who should be casting it. I'm saying, I'm thinking uh, Hayden Panettiere and uh, Emery Cohen. Just makes me mad. (laughs) Mm. All right. uh, That does it for this week's Fighting in the War Room. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll be back next week. Uh, David, in the meantime, who are you?
1: (laughs) I'm David Ehrlich. I'm a staff writer at Rolling Stone. You can find me on Twitter at David Ehrlich.
0: I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at vanityfair.com or on Twitter at Katie Rich, K A T E Y R I C H. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week.